Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. Wow, what's what? What's behind that? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't like it. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop it. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you. It's just for people who have just started the podcast and don't know if they've got the little. Sp- have you ever? Do you? Because I'm not a person who listens to things on one and a quarter speed or oh, one and a half speed or double. I don't speed. get that. That's very common. But I have occasionally done it accidentally. Like, you know, so like the like particularly now that you can just edge it up a quarter, like a one and a quarter, a cheeky one and a quarter. I've been like walking along, like, you know, one podcast has run into another podcast and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're up and about today. <laughs> they obviously had a couple of extra coffees or whatever's going on and then you're like, oh, no, yeah, that uh, one and a quarter. We've had a few people over the years, messages to go, hey, hey, I listen to you guys on half speed and you sound like you're really drunk or stoned or whatever. And I would argue yeah. you listen to anyone talk at half speed. Everyone. <laughs> it would sound drunk Except or stoned. Except for Mark Robbo Robinson <laughs> from AFL 360 who suddenly sounds sober, <laughs> which is weird. It's got the reverse effect, like toilets going the opposite way in Australia. Um, I wonder if you listen to ours, it's like, it would just be like, have you had a soggy sinny? I think that would be gross. Hey, speaking of uh, donuts, did you see a couple of bits of donut news? Uh, firstly, they've found a donut-shaped well, rock. Well, sorry, okay. <laughs> oh, on. Okay, I was going to jump down your throat. No, I wasn't aware of that. That is breaking news. Hold the press. So on Mars, on the surface of Mars, there's Mars. a donut. Found a donut-shaped rock. Alex Williams on is Mars. en route <laughs> to launch it as we speak. All I'm saying is the king might have done something, some sort of deal with Elon Musk or something, because they've found a donut rock they can't explain on Mars. And the other one, which is yes, it may be something that you do know more about, which is the fact that. Uh, the people, the the king, the donut king, the donut uh, family have got on board with the the Twisties family. Yeah, Twisties have been doing this for a while now. Because mm. I mean, you, uh, well, I'm not sure if you know Twisties. this, but you're not on social media anymore. I'm not. I, I, no, I don't like to mention it, but I thank you for bringing it up. I appreciate it. Uh, but it's a become a bit of a trope yeah. now on social media. And it probably was when you were on, but probably with like Smith's chips or something where it's like, oh, I can't believe they're releasing like Vegemite. So the current thing is Twisties have just done a raspberry flavored Twisty or Twisties has done like a lemon flavored Twisty or whatever. And so, and people get, get upset and what for whatever. I have never had an inbo- inbox, uh, well, sorry, Tofop. The Tofop accounts have never had a full inbox then after Twisties announced that, yes, they were partnering up with Donut King. I mean, it, Look, I, I, look, I'm not saying I'm angry at it or anything like that, but I just can't get over the fact of how ahead of the zeitgeist we were. Like, and For I have once. an email accidentally. Actually, you know what? I was saving. <laughs> look, I was saving. No, no, not accidentally. I was saving this email. Well, yeah, no, completely accidentally. <laughs> I was saving this email. Unless we've been, like, unless the good people at uh, you know the Donut King have been doing a secret seeding campaign. Like, you know, so we talked about subliminal messaging, this idea that you can seed an idea in somebody's mind by having these little – like maybe we are part of the entire Donut King research. It's called a PSYOP, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Where like- We've been the victim of uh, advertising <laughs> PSYOP on behalf of the Donut King. Because – but and again, look, we've oh. restated this 100 times, but I thought Donut King was dead. Like I thought yeah. it was an uh, the brand, the franchise mm. was dead and buried. King is Only dead, long to live discover the king. that, it, and to the point, Will, that I will confess, mm. I was in Burley Heads <laughs> on Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. and I dropped uh, my wife and my daughter mm-hmm. at the dentist. And while they were there, I was like, "Oh, mm. the uh, Burley Shopping Centre is not far from here. You know what? You know who owns that land? <laughs> you know who resides in that land? The Donut King. Much like, 
Much like a visitor to London would swing past Buckingham Palace, you might as well have a look. Even if I you- actually <laughs> wanted to take, take a photo that uh-huh. I could whack up on the socials of me like genuflecting uh, in front of the Donut King, paying homage <laughs> in the court of the king, um, but no, I'd actually king, forgotten maybe. my phone. Um, but I did go and get two, two hot sinnies. Um, okay. Uh, and a coffee, which I've never got from Donut King mm. before and I will not do again. Uh, this, hot cinnamon donuts, as good as ever. The coffee is mm. barely recognizable as, as coffee. What sort of coffee are they rolling? Like, I mean, like a, a, they got a, like a, yeah, like a proper, a coffee machine. proper barista machine, which I thought you couldn't fuck up when you had like, you know, you grind up the beans and stuff, but apparently you can. So I just got a flat Mate, light. I, this is, so since I got my coffee machine and you said you've had one for like a, a couple of years, since I got mine, I am now so judgmental. Oh, so judgy. <laughs> so judgmental of people making bad coffee because I know how easy it is to make good coffee. Yeah, I mean flour, I mean flour art, cup art, mm. cream art, milk art, whatever you call it, is a completely different mm. set of skills. Because I've tried to do that. I've seen um, my local barista how she does it, and it's amazing. And Iona really digs it. So I try and do it with like my coffee, maybe a babuccino or whatever. But I just I can't. I haven't divined how that's done yet. Have you watched, you know, there's like whole oh, streams, sure. videos yeah. and stuff online of people doing it. You could just go and watch someone do it. No, no, no. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, no. I don't think any of that. <laughs> I've just watched my barista three or four times and I, and I think and I know how to I, do it. I, I reckon I know how to do this. <laughs> you just got to swirl the cup around and kind of do some jiggles well, up and down and like le- a tree happens or the, something. Yeah, she does the leaf one, which seems to be the easiest because yeah. it's just a, you yes. literally just wait. That's your basic beginner the one. The beginner yeah. one. Cannot do it. And I don't yeah. know if it's because I'm working with oat milk. That might be the issue. Maybe it's. Oh, I think that is the issue. Right. Okay. But she seems to do mm. it with oat milk. Yeah, but I mean, she's a professional. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think an amateur <laughs> can just roll around. She watched a five-minute YouTube video that, for some reason, you refused <laughs> to you watch. That you couldn't be bothered watching, so that's in front. That puts her way in front of you. Now, look, you've brought up a couple of things, that, and I, I want to get yes. back to the, the donut king, the donut on Mars. Okay. But this was a letter that I was going to say for the end of the show, but we, I didn't realize I was going to start in the land of the king. Uh, and it's interesting because you talked about this psyop. This is from Matt. Um, he's got a bit of stuff, some compliments to you that he wants to get through at the start, and then we'll get to the donut king okay. content. Just right. So just prepare yourself mm-hmm. for some compliments. Mm-hmm. Dear Ando and Clawsome. Okay. I discovered philosophy during COVID lockdown. Remember those good times and have continued to binge on Tofop, Fofop, and even a little walking the room with guest Charlie number one. Will, you seem to be the only person that makes Dave completely repress his rage because he laughs so hard with you. That's an interesting observation. Do you think that Dave is less angry in your company because you just keep him laughing? Is it like, <laughs> is it like, are you like a ringmaster with a whip in a chair? It's just like, as long as I keep this thing distracted. I do feel like when it comes to Dave Anthony, for whatever reason, because I love Dave and I like working with Dave and all the things that people say of Dave and think of Dave, I feel like I am you know, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, just I have the capacity to be able to subdue the Hulk. I can just like rub him on the head and sing him a little lullaby and he just changes back into Bruce Banner. Uh, As a completionist, I burned through philosophy with Will Anderson and then jumped into both ends of your extensive podcasting. Current episodes, original faux fop up to and over episode 100. Lots of hilarious work on here. This is great. I love it. This is like a little summation (laughs) of our past hits. Uh, only to realize I had lagged in the original TOFOP while typing. I just heard Charlie ask, what's a bidet in episode 24, which was 2010, pimp my bog. Okay. All right. Well, so I have to say 13 years later, I'm pretty confident I don't know what a bidet is. I get confused with a domicile and a bidet. Yeah. It's like, if you're a domicile, we're going to take a shit. <laughs> Wait, do you shit in bidets or do you piss? <laughs> no, you don't do it. <laughs> What's a bidet? Or, or, in, or in domiciles. But no. what's a bidet? Uh, okay, a bidet. <laughs> Isn't that the thing? <laughs> I've travelled extensively since then and I have washed my ass in many a bidet. Is that what you do in a bidet? Please be something. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got some explaining to do, Will. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that Charlie, that's another bidet. That's a fountain. You can't just wash your ass in that. No, get out of the Trevi fountain. <laughs> that's a children's school bubbler. <laughs> you have your ass on a bubbler, Charlie. This is not a bidet. You've got the general gist of what's going on, mate. But no, no, <laughs> you're on top of a geyser, Charlie. No, that's a fire hydrant, Charlie. No, I mean again, general concept. You're absolutely no. <laughs> Charlie, this is Niagara Falls, not the world's largest bidet. Charlie, you are over the blowhole of a humpback whale, but you've got the idea. Having just listened to effectively three hours of your recent Donut King deep dive, including okay. finding finding the king in Leichhardt in Sydney, where I was forced by Charlie's passionate donut devotion to eat too many cinnamon donuts, sponsorship here, Donut King, I then jumped back to the year 2010, episode 20, only to find you discussing Donut King. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. 13 though. years of Donut yeah. King. Well, well, original conversation about Donut <laughs> King. 12 year 12 gap. Year gap. <laughs> Much like, but this is the point. Like, I, can, I don't know what the context of the, and I don't know if our correspondent tells us the context of the original discussion about Donut King, but. Donuts have been a consistent theme of this podcast. Like they've been there from the start, particularly your love of donuts, where to get the best donuts, the hot cinnamon donuts, the South Melbourne markets. Like, you know, we've we've had, I think, general donut chat throughout the various 100%. evolutions of this to podcast. The, to the point that I think that we've even done like a kind of knockoff version where we talk about urine croissants. It's sort of like, I feel like Donut chat was friends and, and croissant chat is how I met your mother. It's Joey. like oh. it's like oh, equally like successful and entertaining. But I, you sort of I don't think so. Oh, really? I think it's much more like maybe Frasier. <laughs> you would cheer your cheers and it was the croissants of Frasier. <laughs> well, just because it's a croissant and not a donut, this subject matter makes it more highbrow. Is that I why? believe so. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I do rem- And not as popular with the masses. I mean, you know, cheers, it's in a bar, it was this a huge show. Frasier was a bit more highfalutin fancy. I suppose fancy that is true, because you're croissant, talking about right? going to like you know, uh, artisanal bakeries and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I think that the croissant thing really took off when you were living in Melbourne because you right. had a dealer. I mean, well, also, I was just like, I mean, loons in Melbourne as well. And it's just like, I mean, it's a croissant city. Oh, it's also a bit colder. I feel like cold weather is good for a croissant. And when I stayed at your place in LA once, um, I found in your freezer, it was the only food left in the fridge of the freezer. Oh, yeah. Two like frozen, like mm. um, to be baked croissants, like the pastries, mm-hmm. I guess you call it, the raw pastry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, 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 this is curiouser and curiouser. And so I followed the instructions and put those babies in the oven and then became addicted <laughs> for the mm-hmm. next, I think I was there for two <laughs> months. Every week, I was just going to that local supermarket and buying some of those little pre frozen croissants because. Because the trick to croissants is getting like hot, like piping. It doesn't matter that they're frozen ones that you've got from because you get the advantage of them not having sat around. If you get them hot and fresh, that outweighs any sort of quality thing of going to a bakery or like a specialist place, right? Yeah, like when I was doing getaway yeah. and I um I did this I did this little cooking course um, in a Cambodian market and we got like all mm. the ingredients fresh from the market like including the fish like it was literally alive five seconds before we filmed the segment so and i the flavors were amazing it was the same with the croissant will like you just get it hot out of the oven and it's like you just dip it in a little bit of soft butter and then the oh my god (laughs) just the best yeah frazier but this is frazier (laughs) (laughs) let's get back to cheers well you're asking uh-huh. What he doesn't give the t- context mm. of what we're discussing, but I think I remember it because that was when I was living in my Randwick home, and I lived. If you walked a direct line from my front door across Queens Park to Bondi Junction to Eastgate, mm-hmm. there was yep. a there was a Donut King in the foyer of that. Yes, and so I remember it was quite a common like thing for me, especially if I'd been like hungover or whatever, as I would shuffle out of bed and take the dog and then cross the park and go get like a six pack of hot cinnamon donuts and eat them on the way back. I'd often go to sleep thinking of donuts and then that would motivate me through the next day. I had a a hot cinny, not a hot cinny actually, 
TM, hot cinny TM, yeah, yeah. hot, a hot cinnamon. cinnamon donut. I shall call that by its proper had. name. <laughs> uh, but not by any of its synonyms, ah. ironically. But I, I had a hot cinny, um, but it was the whatever it is, G Force or G Train or G Town or G, what? the gluten free ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the green one that's everywhere, everywhere now? Like you can, it's a little franchise clearly all over the place. But I was in Townsville and they had some. Like they were doing street markets on the Sunday, and I, I, they, I was like, oh, you know what? Like I can't resist now. Every time I go past mm. as well, I never used to be that person. <laughs> I could easily walk past a cinnamon donut, but all this donut chat has made me <laughs> one of those up. people that every time I'm like, you know what? I should try this one. Yeah. Might be good for the podcast. I actually <laughs> thought that in my head. I was like, might be good for the podcast. Those ones are good, but the, like most gluten-free things, as soon as they cool down, they're like, they're gross. They're not. They're not fun to eat at all. No, but I mean, mostly you can get those, particularly those little ones at the market like that. There was just a little caravan at the market. They're mostly making them fresh to order. So, um, yeah, no, I was lucky. Had two fresh, steaming hot cinnamon donuts. Um, okay, so I found this article from USA Today: Donuts in Space. Strange Martian mm. rock formation shows up in rover yeah. images. Uh, the vast frontier of space is full of surprises including apparently those that come in the shape of breakfast pastries. I'm not sure that we needed to get this introduction. The universe is full of surprises. I mean, of all the things hey. you could say about the universe too, like <laughs> yeah. like it's expansive, it's full of mystery, we are yet to scratch the surface of what we know. Not It's full of surprises. A bit colloquial, I think, is the issue. Also, is that really like you, you're wasting time? This is a real getting paid by the yeah. word sort of introduction. Webster's <laughs> Dictionary. To find space. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> You've heard of it. You understand what it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure we don't have to cover off in a general sense what the universe is. Uh, NASA's per- Perseverance mm. Mars rover captured yes. this the image on Friday, which the Search for Extraterrestrial Institute, SETI Institute, then shared to Twitter on Monday. Well, how, if they shared it to Twitter, how did you see it, Will? How did you possibly see it? <laughs> Because uh, it made the news, uh-huh. Charlie. It made the actual news because it happened in space on Mars. So they don't just cover that on Twitter. It, in it, a large circular rock with a sizable hole in the middle can be seen resting on the mm. planet's surface. Around it, smaller stone debris of the same colour are scattered. And so they've got a picture of it. And it looks like um, it looks like something you might find at the beach, like an old bit of cuttlefish or something. The, the rock is very white. It's not like a perfect circle. It's like a misshapen circle, almost like an ear shape. But it does have a distinct hole right in the middle of it, and then there's some smaller pieces around it. So the SETI Institute said in the tweet that the object, which they called – what do they call it, Will? The donut? The donut-shaped rock. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scientists, isn't this where they have fun and they name something after, right. like the janitor or, you know <laughs> – I mean, or something scientific, like it should be, you know, like, like Alpha Centauri. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like we're going to call this one the the rock that looks like a donut, <laughs> the donut shaped rock. Is there a Latin version of that? What's Latin for donut? <laughs> Donuticus rockicus. Uh, that may be a large meteorite alongside mm. smaller pieces, meaning it could have originated okay. somewhere else before mm. landing on Mars. Here's what I'll say about Mars uh, from this mm-hmm. rover photo. Not yeah. as red as we're told. Actually looks pretty, pretty brown. I mean I mean it appears to be red because of the light and the gases and stuff, I assume, uh, in the really? way that we view it, rather than it actually being like in the same way as water doesn't appear to be blue. Like when you look at the earth, like it, you know, it comes across as being blue, but, but if you look at water from like it doesn't look the same. But generally, you know, right? From like the top, if you it? had to describe Earth in only one or two colours, mm. what would you say? I mean, it's mm. the green and blue planet. Yeah. And even on it, like we That's say That's how you that. describe it, but it's not like when I walk out the front of my house, all I see is green and no, blue. think about it. Like, like so I think that's true. If, if I think about the Earth, and I'm doing it right now, <laughs> okay. green and blue. And I'm looking out my window, I see blue sky, I see green trees, green yeah. and blue planet. <laughs> 
But don't you see a lot of brown and grey and a house other colours? On our lovely blue, green and blue planet, dude. But the planet itself. Yeah, but a lot of like the dirt and stuff is like, again, brown. There's lots of desert. <laughs> mainly, green, mainly green and blue. I said predominantly, not what like every colour spectrum. Yeah, but my point is when you look at the Earth from a distance, yes, you just basically see green and blue, right? That's like because of that. And when you look from Mars, you see red. But it doesn't mean when you get up close, it isn't going to look a bit, bit, bit brown. <laughs> I suppose. You know? On a specific yeah. spot where a, a meteor yeah. landed. Okay. Um, Perseverance launched on its current Mars mission on July 13, 2020 and landed in February 2021 after traveling about 300 my million miles over seven months. The expedition was planned to last about two years. The past rover journeys have indicated it may take longer. So I know at the moment is obsessed with like the moon and outer space and she's got like a little NASA spacesuit and we read we, we books on the moon. And she's asking me questions that I can't answer. And if you had to off the top of your head say, when was the last time man was on the moon? Would you, what would you say? I mean, we we didn't go very often. No, I know that. But did we do other missions after Neil Armstrong? I think that. Oh. I mean, according to Superman Two, we did mm. because that's where the astronauts got attacked. Yeah, by I'm trying Zod to work out henchmen. whether I'm getting my history confused with Superman Two as well. <laughs> um, look, I know that like it, it isn't one of those things where we keep going back to the moon. I don't think that we that's, found out like, what it's we needed. Not, it's great. Yeah, we, <laughs> we had a look around. <laughs> it was great. The restaurant. It was great. Grey and bouncy, but probably not worth all the fuss. In fact, we name it. There's a grey bouncy thing. <laughs> There's a flag up there now <laughs> if you want to go and visit that, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think we went back, right? You normally go back. I don't know. That's when? a very good question. I think we went back, but then we well, didn't Well, because Iona was like, often. can we go to the moon? And I'm like, yeah. sure, if you want. She's like, how many people have been to the moon? And I'm like, I yeah. don't know. When was the last time? Well, do, can we find out now? Yeah. Did you find out at the time? Or no, I'm looking at it right gonna now. Because right I just I only thought of it then, but I here we go. Okay, it was 1972. The Apollo 17 astronauts splashed down uh, the Apollo 17 mission. Why did we stop going to the moon? That's the uh, question we all want to know the answer to. I mean, probably expensive and dangerous, and we'd found out all we needed to find out. Um, so the Apollo 11, that was Neil Armstrong's one. That was the one we, we all love. I was uh, on my plane to Townsville the other day. The co-pilot was called Michael Collins, which made me laugh because Michael Collins, of course, was the uh, – the, there was the three astronauts who went on the original mission, Buzz – Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and Michael Collins, of course, who never got to walk on the moon. He had to stay in the the spaceship. I never knew that was his name. I thought you were talking about mm. the Irish Revolutionary, played by Liam Neeson. It was Neeson also the Irish <laughs> Revolutionary. <laughs> Michael <laughs> he's a, Collins. He's a Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a co-pilot on a Qantas Link flight to Townsville. Uh, okay, so the reason we're not being back to the moon is we built space stations. Mm. So it's yeah. like, hey – we can just launch shit from there. We don't need to go all the way to the moon. And it's boring. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to be on the moon? There's nothing there, no mate. Like, once you've seen it, once you've seen the pictures, mate. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, it began working, the Perseverance began working to its primary goal of collecting samples two months after landing the rover, which scientists say will travel. Oh, who gives a shit about the rover? We don't care about that. All right. That's it. That's the mm. donuts. Okay. There are donuts yeah. in outer space. And. That's it for Tofop. I'm Charlie Close. <laughs> no, um, I did want to talk about uh, a movie I went and saw. Okay. Um, Great. Uh, I went to The Flash, The Flash Will. Oh, now, from what I've heard from other people, it is not so Flash, but what did you think about the movie? Well, I have traditionally railed against like nostalgia mm. pandering in movies mm. and fan service. We won't go over the uh. Top Gun fiasco. Enough's been said about that. <laughs> um, but I definitely fell victim to the marketing of this because it was Michael uh. Keaton and you know how much yes. I love Michael Keaton. Mate, you love Michael Keaton, but I we both love Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah. Like if you're That's our era. selling point – is Michael Keaton's coming back to do Batman. And then, of course, that was meant to be the Batwoman or Batgirl or whatever, the one they cancelled. The, the tax uh, write-off, you, know. you mean. <laughs> Literally a tax write-off. How many people Bat work tax. on that tax write-off? <laughs> like insane when you think about it. So obviously that was meant to be part of yeah where we were going to get to see Michael Keaton do Batman. Then there was the idea that he would pop up in these you know Flash movies, and then there might be the idea that we might even get to see a Michael Keaton 
Batman, you know, Batman, old Batman, Batman in the future movie. Or Batman Beyond or something like that, yeah. Or something like that or something in the vein of that at the very least, which for us, for people of our generation, is an exciting idea. I love the idea of going back to like an old Batman and Michael Keaton being that old Batman. So I'm like you. That alone was enough for me to look over the fact that the lead actor in the movie he has probably committed a whole bunch of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was an interesting article I read about it, like 15 reasons why the Flash bombed. And, like, key to it is the fact that, yeah, you have this very problematic uh, lead star. But then the guy they brought in to draw the attention away from the problematic lead star, who they built all the marketing around, then was contractually obliged to be shooting another film at the same time and couldn't do any of the press. And so it's like they had no one going out to promote the film, like no one. Like you look at how hard The Rock worked to just get like middling results for Black Adam. So when you don't have either stars doing press for this film, but it was. I mean, at the very least, they could have sent uh, Ezra out to kidnap audiences and make them watch <laughs> the berate film. them into allegedly. The- <laughs> so, um, uh, I'd actually uh, set aside. I was in Sydney and I'd been working and I just wrapped work and I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself with a little bit of gold class action because there's no gold class cinemas up where I live. So, so I went and, and, and uh, booked a ticket and even pre-ordered all the food I was going to eat, had mm. a little bit of medicine, you know, mm-hmm. got to the cinema nice and early, <clears throat> like midweek. So there's no one around. It's like having a private screening. It is a mess like it is such a mess but i was not really bored at any point because there it it feels like in the same way we talk about you know black adam and that uh the hierarchy of power is changing being designed by committee this feels like a, a film that was like holy shit <laughs> like we let's just try something let's whack this in there whack that in there and it's not that it's not entertaining it's just bizarre like from the opening sequences to the introduction of not only – are you going to see it? Do you want me to do spoilers and non-spoilers or – You don't need to do uh, – I mean, there might be some people listening who at some stage are going to say, I am going to see it, but I could probably tell you beat by beat what happens from start to finish in this movie from just listening to other podcasts and reading, you know, shit about it. So, like, I, my point being that you, I don't think you're going to spoil anything. Also – this storyline, it's Flashpoint, right? Yeah. It was already done on the TV show. Like right. pretty much this same story they covered on like season two of the CW TV show. So like I'm familiar with the storyline. And at the time, Flashpoint has always been quite an exciting story because for people who don't follow comic books, it's like it's a really good multiverse storyline. But there are now – so many multiverse things, like the whole Marvel thing's a multiverse, and you everything know, like, everywhere all every, at once. Everywhere's a multiverse, and I went and saw. I went to oh, I went back to the cinema for the very first time. I don't have a lot of thoughts about this other than it was great, and I saw Spider the new Spider Man multiverse one, and it was great. I loved the first one. I loved the second one. Happy to see multiverse things in a cartoon because you can actually make all the different universes gel together and look different but still gel together. But the idea of signing up to see another multiverse movie, even if it does have some of my favourite DC characters in it, is it's not as appealing as it would have been if you'd pitched me that idea five years ago. Well, I actually think that it it hinders the story a lot more. They have Mm. to have it because they have to bring in Michael Keaton. But if they had somehow like – tunnel visioned it on oh he's just in one reality and it's the tim burton batman and focused on on that then i think you would have got everything that we wanted from the film which is that nostalgia hit but a much more more coherent storyline because they like it starts in the but i I think they were hoping that like you know christian bale like they might be like spider-man and you know they not just keaton they get christian bale and whatever and you're like you were never going to get Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> like he was – I mean, you Michael Keaton had Christian Bale going, I'm up for this. 20 years until Birdman. He's, he's, he's keen to make some hay while the sun's shining. But Christian Bale is sort of still, you know, <laughs> contact him in another 20 years. <laughs> we'll see how his career is doing then. But, yeah, so it, 
it starts in the Snyderverse. And like, so you've got your Wonder Woman cameo and your Ben Affleck cameo and all this kind of stuff. And like, I'm so glad just to see the end of like, the back of that universe. Like, Gal Gadot, too, I, ever since that COVID video, I just oh. f- find her instantly ruined. I find it unbearable it's- to watch. I just can't stand what it. What happened? <laughs> How did it? Like, it was like. It unlocked a spell she had on all of us. Yeah, because the first I woman. thought she was amazing. Like such a beautiful woman, funny, um, like, but you know, good in all the parts she was playing. Like I just thought, you know, here's somebody that I'm just going to enjoy watching for the next 10 or 15 years in these sort of movies. And then <laughs> one, one misguided second. video. And I'm like, I am off you forever. <laughs> no, it really is. I have that same feeling too. Like I just am like, you pompous, pretentious, out of touch, Isn't that disconnected. Weird? Even though it was her trying to do something nice, even in retrospect, just- none of us knew what was happening and she was just trying to do something, right? Yeah. Like, yes, in retrospect, it was naive and misguided, but a lot of us did things that were naive and misguided during that time because the whole world and none of us knew that it was going to be what it was and all these sort of things. And so she at least went to the effort of guilting a whole bunch of her friends into doing something and – it's turned me off for forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? But it's also corrupted like the Wonder Woman character, like her as Wonder Woman. Because I see totally. Wonder Woman and I'm like, shut up. Shut up, <laughs> Who do you Wonder think Woman. you are? No one needs to look at you and your <laughs> bloody Amazon lifestyle. You've got so much. To, no one, and you're trying to tell us <laughs> to bloody sing some John. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, your superpowers, your invisible jets, yeah. private jets spewing carbon <laughs> into the – And she's even done like – uh, like self-effacing interviews about that. Yeah. Oh, like, you know, I, I got oh, it course. wrong. But even though I read that, I'm like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> shut up, you. <laughs> like, she just can't dig herself out of that hole as far no, as long she's as done nothing, basically nothing wrong in yeah. the context of things <laughs> that we don't cancel people for. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they've released this movie with Ezra Miller as the lead, yeah. and, and, and the person upset. who's really bothering us is like Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot who just just tried to do something nice, <laughs> if a bit misguided. <laughs> so that's where it starts. And like Ben Affleck's an interesting one too, isn't it? Because like three, four years ago, you were like, "Oh, he is so yeah. regrets this decision. He just wants out. Mm-hmm. Like he's so dead in the eyes." But maybe since J Lo. He's not taking life. Mm. Like he seems to be having fun with it. He's done a couple of cameos yeah. as Batman now and he seems to be like enjoying himself. Um, but that part gets pushed aside and then obviously the time travel stuff begins. Now here's what I'll, I'll say. I actually quite enjoyed all the kind of like twists and turns and it's, it's nothing new but it's entertaining. The Michael Keaton cameo though <laughs> – well, not, it's not a cameo. It's bigger than a cameo. Is right. He's partly in the movie as a one of the yeah. He's the mentor. Right? Like he's the Obi Wan yeah. type character. Mm-hmm. You know, the old wizard that they go find, and you know. But it sort of highlights in a movie with like you got the Supergirl, Zod, and the Flash. It it just really highlights because we haven't really seen. Well, we I guess we have in the first Justice League film, but Batman. You know, in the context of a superpowered fight, is completely fucking useless. Useless. <laughs> just, just stay at home. Like strategize from back at the Batcave. Just we'll all be on comms. You don't need to be out there in your little jet, like the jet that half these people can run faster than or fly faster than themselves. <laughs> like, like the, there's a scene where he flies the Flash, an alternate Flash, to this battle zone in his plane, and I'm like. You could get there in two seconds with the flashes. Like they could sprint across oceans and get there. You just stay home, old man. Like this is pointless. I mean, because Batman, it it is that thing of like you're kind of in the way, man. You're not helping. You're actually making this harder for us because. It would be like if your team's mascot tried to line up at full forward. Yeah. You'd be like, look, we appreciate the enthusiasm. It's great and we really need you to cheer us on, but get off the fucking field. Well, no, but I mean, I don't think you even have to go that ridiculous. It's like if the team's coach 
tried to play, right? Yeah. Because that's all Batman should be. Yeah, He yeah, should coach. just be the older coach. He's the coach. Yeah. Like, you know, he's got the strategy. Like, these are all young, you know, powerful people who need to actually be taught to work, you know, together with each other. And, like, Batman can do that. Like, you know, can coordinate stuff and, and help a little bit. But, like, you don't want to see your coach, like, running out into the middle of the field and go, oh, give me the ball. <laughs> What you become acutely aware of oh, in this film is because when you think about the Burton Batmans, like Bruce Wayne slash Batman is almost like a secondary character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost really the Joker's story, the first film, and then sure. you have two villains in the second one, and he's almost playing mm-hmm. a support role. So when you sort of see him characterized, it's like, if like okay, if you had to sum up Michael Keaton's Batman slash Bruce Wayne, like what are some characteristics don't say he likes bats. Um, well, I mean, he was played as a bit of a playboy, but like daft, like a bit kind of eccentric. Yep. Like, you know. I guess so, yeah. So he was a, he slightly mad, like, you know, slightly kind of there was a. Distracted you know, all the I time. Mean, that's, that's also Michael Keaton a bit in everything yeah, that he does. But <laughs> hard to differentiate those two from each other. Um, I mean, he's not the, you know, like the super athletic Batman. It's more well, about kind the of gadget. His neck. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely a lot more gadgets. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a Playboy element, definitely. Well, that's it, right? There's not mm. much. Like, if you think about Christian Bale's characterization, mm-hmm. and they go a lot further into okay. his psychology, and you know that, you know, he um, traumatized by the death mm. of his parents, but. You know, at the same time, Falling longs a well full of bats. Yeah, learns to back up. Longs yep. for a, a relationship with his friend Rachel, mm. but feels mm. his duty bound to save the city that his father mm. championed. All this kind of stuff. So, mm. so when Michael Keaton comes in, it's like, oh, it's Michael Keaton. But kind of like you mm. said, it's Michael Keaton. It's not. Oh, there's yeah. Bruce Wayne from <laughs> yeah. 1989. It's like, oh, there's Michael Keaton, and he's got a pretty fancy wig on and stuff. And I didn't think of it until you just mentioned it. But they do introduce him in a way. That is kind of kooky, like a, like a crazy kind of kooky shutaway type thing. And I'm like, all right, so that's kind of consistent. But then for the rest of the film, he's kind of like wisecracking, and I don't I don't remember that from '89 that he was like a you know he kind of had like a dry wit and you know a bit sarcastic at times. And I mean, dry and sarcastic a bit, but it wasn't like zingers but like at the older he's got i mean I this might be a, a bit of like he's and it's also now. a bit of yeah and dad humor like yeah. you know he's every bloke as they get older you know leans into the dad jokes you know and he's probably as his body's slowed down he's probably relying on the wisecracks a little more well you, they sort of like trying to set up this like it's weird it's almost like indiana jones and 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 short round kind of you know uh, what do you call it? Like authority figure, parental figure with a flash. Like he's the he's he's a father figure to the flash. But I don't know. Like it just comes across a bit mawkish and, and corny when he's calling him kid and stuff. Like it just because we never saw Batman with a Robin. We never he was a loner in the in the eighty nine. It just it, it feels a bit forced. Like they're trying to sort of like I don't know. Is was there even a Robin almost in as if unit? that they are forcing it? Yeah. And they've probably probably not even gone back and watched the original. Keaton movies before they just slapped all this together. Well, seeing him in daylight is another weird thing because Tim Burton, you know, all those sequences were shot at night. So you're sort of seeing, you know, Michael Keaton and you see his wrinkly little face in the mask and it's cute. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's just a little wrinkly little man inside that suit. I don't think he's intimidating many people without the element of surprise. Um, But then they bring back, obviously, Zod, Michael Shannon, and I don't know if if is there a term that is to the right of phoned in? Like, is there a more extreme gifted in? Gifted in? Yeah, gift. Like, as in, oh, like, literally, he's, he's a, just he's said just a, a gift. gift. <laughs> like, you know, just like in response, if someone said, like, I was going to say texted it in or like me- messaged it in, but I think even like less than that is if somebody. Um, you know, like, you know, sends you a big message like, hey, do you want to come to this thing tomorrow? And then in return, you just send them a GIF. I feel like, is it that or is it even just thumbs up? Uh, it's not even that. Like, he seems so upset <laughs> to be oh. there. Like, <laughs> Against since, his will, resentful. Just, yeah, that's what, you know, that's what it's a, like a hostage video. That's what it feels yeah. like. I mean, who okay. even knows if he was – 
they could have just like shot him, mm. you know, he could have filmed it on his phone and then they just put mm. his face on some 3D model or something because he's they weirdly keep his face concealed. <laughs> literally, literally phoned it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's to the right of phoned it in. Literally yeah, phoned it literally in. Literally phoning it in. <laughs> he filmed it on his phone and then just sent it in. Because they sort of keep him in full Zod. Like, you know, they yeah. have those weird kind of translucent sure. masks. They keep him behind one of those. And That's you don't funny. ever really get any extended dialogue scenes with him. It, he's mm. just kind of like, who's that over there? <laughs> you know, like, okay. and, and then there's these action fight scenes. But part of me was like, well, were you, contractu- were you contractually bound to do this? Or did you take a paycheck? And if it's a paycheck, like, why are you so glum? Like, was the money not enough? And you some, did your agent trick you into getting this job? Like, surely you can muster up just a bit of enthusiasm. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like that if you are getting paid, if you're doing something for a paycheck, you might as well earn your paycheck. It's a bit 100%. rude to then go in and be resentful about the paycheck. Yeah. If you weren't getting paid, I could I could understand being glum, but I imagine he was <laughs> well, paid for this. He made, he, maybe he did a deal uh, for the first movie after he saw the script and they said, look, um, uh, we can pay you like over two movies. We'll pay you like the same amount for two movies or we can give you – absolute <laughs> huge amount load. of money right for the first one but for the second one you won't really get that much and he's like they're yeah, never gonna make another one of these it's like yeah. i thought this yeah. is a great deal <laughs> you know what i mean like let's make this deal and then suddenly michael <laughs> that would make, get your iphone out mate that would make total sense so yeah, yeah so he's in it and he seems really really um upset and then they do this and this is a big spoiler. Uh, look, it's not a big plot spoiler, but it's a big like reveal spoiler. So if anyone uh, wants to save themselves, turn off now or skip ahead. They have a moment in which Barry is seeing the full multiverse in effect. And so he's basically looking around at all these like portals to yeah. different essentially Warner Brothers properties so there's like <laughs> there's adam west's there's adam there's adam west's batman there's okay, christopher yeah. reeve and helen slater as superman and supergirl there's like um george reeve's superman which is a bit sort of distasteful because i believe he killed himself because he hated being uh typecast as superman okay, so badly well then, we can we can fix that history don't worry about that <laughs> that's fine we'll whack you in our forever. movie yeah <laughs> Don't worry. There's nothing problematic about this movie in any way. So we'll just jam you. Well, I guess when you got that guy's a lead, if you've opened the door to problematic, let's just do a bunch of immoral shit. Like let's just revive. What else do we want to put in here? Louis C.K.'s in there. (laughs) Woody Allen's in there. (laughs) Chris D'Elia for some reason is in there. So they, but they think about this, and I'm because I've heard a few like pods. I know like um, James on on the Weekly Planet fucking hated this moment, and I, I didn't hate it, but I felt like they didn't have the balls to fulfil the premise. If they're saying, "Oh, how cool is this little in joke?" Like you're looking into because this is how far they go with the in joke. So you're seeing like all these different Warner Brothers DC properties that have been filmed previously, TV or film. They don't show the TV flash, which I thought, I mean, that's a fucking I mean, obvious that's the one. obvious one. I can't believe the TV flash is not in this movie. Yeah, not at all. Not mentioned. It doesn't exist. That, that is like the most obvious one that in this movie, you've got to have a moment where you get the, the TV flash, surely. They don't have the TV flash. They also don't have Green Lantern. Like at one stage, I see this big sort of green orb portal opening, and I'm like, oh, this will be hilarious. They've got Ryan Reynolds back. Mm. Ryan Reynolds seems like the kind of guy who would think, oh, yeah, this is funny. Who would do anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except appear in a Gal Gadot video, and for that I respect him and I hate her. (laughs) I mean, he must be Marvel contracted at the moment, though, wouldn't he be Ryan Reynolds? Like I can't imagine that he would be able to – Although Ryan Reynolds is so big he now and so powerful that you can imagine that he would probably just be able to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. I mean, but so to, you've not, got to it. not even reference it, yeah. you know, like I think because mm-hmm. because the, they go so deep with this like sequence that they – so you know the story of um, uh, uh, Kevin Smith wrote that – he tells that story about pitching the Superman film to John Peters and he wants a – a giant mechanical spider in it, and then yeah. they cast Later Nicholas ends Cage. up in Wild Wild West. That's right. So, uh, and Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman at one point, 
mm-hmm. directed by Tim Burton. So it is one of these else- Nicolas Cage like Superman. Yes, there's an Elseworld oh. where you see Nicolas Cage as Tim Burton Superman fighting a giant mechanical spider. But get this, it's not like real now Nicolas Cage, you know, and they've de-aged him. They just fucking created a completely 3D like Polar Express creepy uncanny valley as fuck Nicolas Cage. They couldn't get Nicolas Cage. I mean, who can't get Nicolas Cage except a Gal Gadot video? And for that, I respect him and I hate her. (laughs) I mean, I think if Nicolas Cage had done that Imagine video, we all would have loved it. Yeah. yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, him and Keanu. Imagine. (laughs) There's no heaven. (laughs) There's no heaven (laughs) up there. It's easy if you try. Like, again, it's winning me back, even to Gal Gadot. <laughs> um, I find that amazing because didn't he name his kid, like, after, isn't Jal- his kid named, like, Kal-El or something. or Kal-El yeah, or but something? but I, I heard him interviewed and I believe it's yeah. actually, I think it's a, a in, it's an Israeli name or something like that. It has oh, origins okay. beyond uh-huh. comic books. <laughs> but it was also because of the comic Yeah, books, I think right? so. Like, He's I mean, a big yeah. comic book fan. <laughs> Yeah, so they do this big moment and they just – I think it's just such a missed opportunity. Like, But this is what I mean about the film is just filled with all these kind of like ideas, which some work and some don't, but there's no cohesiveness to it and the whole thing feels like very desperate, a very desperate attempt to distract us from the fact that they're – Leading man is problematic, and this and this and this universe, this extended universe, is is dying. Well, the fact that they've essentially made an announcement before the film comes out that says, you know what, there's no real stakes in any of this. Don't Don't pay too much attention and worry too much about this because we're starting again fresh. (laughs) Um, Okay, this is not starting again fresh, but Mm. let me riddle you this. Picture Mm -hmm. me this. Well, do you think so? James Gunn, you know, taking over the universe there. Could you make, in this day and age, now that he is in the position he is in the entertainment industry, we're used to him playing, um, uh, you know, comic book characters now. He's had great success doing it. Could there be a Ryan Reynolds Green Lamp movie, like a, se- like a sequel or another movie? Could you make a good Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie now? Hmm. <laughs> Because the idea itself isn't a bad idea, right? And Ryan, or Ryan on, Reynolds you, would be an okay. Like a completely new property or are we going back to the Ryan, Ryan reynolds verse? Well, I mean, I just mean it's almost like a – In the same way – Like, re- the, like, like a reboot. Suicide Squad. Yeah, So exactly, he's back right? as Hal Jordan yeah. but we're starting yeah. again. Okay, yeah. Same, and keep some of the same actors, keep some of the same characters but we're just having a fresh go at it. We're, he's our second crack at doing this properly this well, I, time. I think if any director – Yeah could do it. He seems to have a handle on mm. that because it's a cosmic comic, right. right? Like it's out of space and fantasy, out of space fantasy. And so he's done that with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, I mean, I think that very much is in his wheelhouse. I think they're doing a Green Lantern Corps TV show. I think that's one of the things they've announced. I don't know how hands-on he'll be with that. But I just think that the Green Lantern, it just falls down around his power. So what's what's the idea that he can create like holographic solid holograms? Solid holograms. Like I mean, he has a ring, doesn't he? Isn't there a ring? There's a a ring, but like, but like, but like, wouldn't I think that if that was me, it would just be like a giant Mm. shield or a giant brick. (laughs) Every situation (laughs) can be fixed. You know what I mean? Like, why would I go to the the, the lengths of imagining a Formula One race car running around like a track or some complex Gatling gun. I'll just like, there's a bad guy, giant brick. You know, there's a bad guy trying to hurt me, giant shield. Yeah, but I think this is why Ryan Reynolds would actually be good in the part because you lean into the ridiculous nature of him. Like, yes, of course. Like, oh, is, is it, it almost more like comedy focused? Are you saying your reboot? Well, that's, I think you could lean into the comedy. Like, everyone's used to seeing him play, um, uh, what's his face now? Um, so I think people kind of like, I think you could lean into, I mean, not make it a knockoff, you know, of that, but I like the idea that, yeah, I reckon he could do it. Like, I mean, I I just like the idea of James Gunn going back to, this would be the ultimate, like James Gunn sort of like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fucking make a good Ryan Reynolds Green Lamp movie. 
I just don't know, yeah, if the premise if the premise would work. I just I just I'll Why be, is that where you draw your line? In the ridiculous world of that superheroes. The hologram. I don't know, because this when this is like yellow. Yellow. And I'm like, so if, yeah. I, if I piss on the Green Lantern, can yeah, I Yeah, well, that's one of the scenes. <laughs> this is, and then also we get Coldplay in to sing the song Yellow. That's that's a funny bit we do. Big Bird, he loses a fight to Big Bird at one stage. <laughs> yeah, that's great. a good bit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the Yellow and Eminem kicks his ass. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get to the mailbag okay. and then we can go home. Um, I got a bit of love for two guys, one urn, which is uh, in the TOEFOP feed. Uh, you've done three, four episodes. Three at the time of recording this, but uh, by uh, the time people hear this, they will have also heard an episode with my special guest, Charlie Clawson. Charlie Clawson, who up until about three weeks ago <laughs> had not watched cricket, mm. test cricket, or any cricket really of any kind in about. 25 years. I know. We'll talk, back, you'll baby. hear about it on the show, but mm-hmm. it feels like I've woken up from a coma. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Things are different. Like I remember what it is. The rules are all the same, but there's a lot of little differences. And we, you'll hear about it all on Two Guys, One Earn in the TOEFOP feed. Um, but this is from Matthew. He says, hey, guys, this is more for Will, and it's a bit of a wish list, really. I'm loving mm. Two Guys, One Earn okay. and would like to suggest some possible guests for upcoming shows. You're taking requests. Imagine if I, you go through them and I just go, yes, no, yes, no, publicly. <laughs> but okay, you, you tell me the suggestions. I'm a huge fan of Andy Zaltzman, the comedian, satirist, and BBC Five live uh, radio cricket statistician and lover of bad puns. Familiar with his Yeah, work? maybe Andy. If I, if I want a British person, I'm not sure that I do want a British person. I don't want to balance. I want to like talk to Australians. All oh, right, I was going to ask you Australia. about that. Okay, yeah, you, so you want complete, like, um, just bias. This is bias. Yeah. I feel like that's the, you know, it's not, it's not a real proper cricket podcast where people have to be, you know, like pre- at least pretend not to be biased. Like, it's pretty biased. Okay, well, this email's coming from England, mm. so I don't know. I think the rest <laughs> of these requests are going to piss you off. <laughs> Daniel Norcos uh, on Five Live has a podcast called Zero Ducks Given. The co-hosts of these pods are also very entertaining. Toby Tarrant and Steve Finn. Miles Gupp from the Middle Please Umpire Pod. Jeez, a lot of fucking cricket pods out there. Um, finally, the two hosts of the Final Word podcast, Cricket Tragics, commentating for SEN and doing a daily roundup throughout the series, Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins, which I've been put onto by Adam Zwa. I've been listening to that podcast. Yeah, it's really good. Um, really good. And I've I've appeared on that podcast in the past and I listen to their, uh, particularly their dailies. If you uh, aren't like me and staying up all night watching the cricket, they do these great little um, short episodes at the end of every day's play, which are a really good catch up in the morning, I find. So um, they're great. I, I I would love to have them, but I'm not going to dirty them. They're, again, it's they're, a bit too non-biased, prof- you know. Yeah. They're professionals. They're professionals. Plus they have their own cricket podcast. And also I one want doesn't one of be... them live in London, so again, too yeah. English for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he just got married. Australian. I assume to an English person. Right. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you can continue to produce this pod. I love Two Guys, One Cup, but I'm a rugby league follower, so it does not hit as hard for me as I'm sure it could. I absolutely love cricket and I'm based in Old South Wales. Hey, there's an Old South Wales. (laughs) Of course, there must be. So I'm working from home for the next five weeks. It'd be great to listen to several daily reviews after each day's play. Well, you've got lots of podcasts to do that. I don't think you you guys want to earn. Um, Two final guests just came to mind and they have an old Triple J connection, rampaging Roy Slavin and the man that never lets them get away, H.G. Nelson. I mean, look, here's – I mean, they would be great, but – You don't have a book out, do you? You're doing this. You're asking people to just come on. I'm just right? asking Sending my friends to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I've made Charlie watch Test Cricket for the first time in 25 years to do it. So some of that's a little beyond my control. And then I'd have to explain to Roy and HG what was going on and then I'd try, have to try to get a word in. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you've got a lot of shit on at the moment. So ease of <laughs> ease of, of delivery is the priority for you at the moment. Um, this is an interesting proposition. This is from Michael who's in the States. Hey, guys, a long-time mm. listener, and I'm also a cuddler. My old comedy pal, David Brown, plays the cyborg guy in Jury Duty, the nerdy oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you about it on the show if you like. Let me know if you're interested and I'll put you in touch. Have you got any questions about Jury Duty? Heaps. Do you want to get him on? Yeah. We could do it as like, like a, 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 a little friends. bonus. 
Yeah. All right, I'm going to Sounds send good. that to Mike the Third. I'll send you the details of this guy, and let's get um, David Brown, the cyborg guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a more two guys, one cut, uh, mm-hmm. to one earn love from Sasha. Hey guys, uh, very appreciative of the content you produce. I'm really loving the cricket podcast as well. When you had Adam Spencer on the episode, I was hoping you both, both might reminisce about the infamous slash famous song you did together on the radio about Matt Hayden. It'd be amazing if you guys could chat about this or play it sometime again. Oh my God, we have chatted about it so many fucking times. (laughs) It's the only thing that anyone ever wants to hear when they get us back together is I'm fucking sorry, Matt Hayden. I, and you know what the thing, the story of that song, I've talked about that song so many fucking times. It still exists. You can find it somewhere online. If you just type in, I'm sorry, Matt Hayden, like there is a copy of it floating around. Please remember it was before auto-tune and like artists releasing so literally we had just like the opening bars of of, i'm sorry miss jackson looped over and over again that we just like wrapped over the top and that was just how it worked we had no production none of that sort of stuff and it all came because i had slagged off I'd said that Matt Hayden going to India, I said it would be better for them, the Australian selectors, to pick a bucket of sand because at least a bucket of sand wouldn't dangle his bat outside off stump and get caught in the slips all the time, which is what Matt Hayden was doing at the time and then went to India and made more runs in India than any Australian batsman ever had before. And I was running on Bondi Beach. I remember, you know, when you get like, you know, moments of like inspiration i used to jog the soft sand at the back of bondi beach and i remember distinctly just like in my head going i've got it i've got to write a song of apology (laughs) (laughs) and i came into adam and i said this is the idea i'm sorry matt hayden and he ran with it like i mean half of the song is like definitely like stuff that he came up with but um yeah so we go out the back of triple j we like get these two bars that there isn't any wrapping over and just get them looped over and over and just like record this thing that we just imagined no one would ever think of again for like, you know what I mean? Like two days later, if you ever hear it again, you can tell it by, it was done by somebody who did not think it would be heard more than two days later. And 20 years later, people are still like, yeah. talk about that song. We have. We've yeah. talked about it a lot. <laughs> That's your version of Radiohead's Creep. It's like, look, we didn't. We were just fucking around. We didn't know it was going to be our most popular song. Man, like, <laughs> and honestly, like, I, I've talked to Matt Hayden about it. I went on Matt <laughs> Hayden's podcast and talked about that fucking song. <laughs> we had a lot of feedback um, uh, regarding whether or not uh, you should be introducing your guests when you're doing Tofop with friends. And uh, a lot of people say you should. Lisa's one example of these people. She says, I'm listening to uh, 435 when you read the letter from Mike he said he wants Will to introduce guests on Fofop as when he's listening to the pod it just auto plays the next one when the, his phone's in his pocket this is also my experience my phone just plays the next step either from the feed I'm listening to or my upcoming playlist so I never know who Will is talking to either but it hasn't bothered me enough to write in about it well I normally introduce people call that was, I think there was only one I think there was only one time that I didn't because no, I discuss that. Sometimes I say I. It's I, I. I mostly do it. I just say that I. It's weird that I'm doing it because people probably know who who is on the show already. Yeah, well, but I it's think rare it that I wouldn't introduce someone. Well, so I had um, a couple of weeks back, putting the second week of Tofop with friends. Uh, mm. You know, formerly Fofop. I had Chris mm. Taylor on from the Chaser, and I was thinking long and hard about like, oh, like how do I do the intro and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was just. I listened to a bunch of other podcasts and every single one of them, apart from a couple of older ones, would introduce the guest. Whether or not it's just like – because I used to give context around who my guest was. You might know them from this. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I'm going to – or if it's simple, like the chase is Chris Taylor. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. That was easy. Now, that should be enough, right? Like Because then we're going to start talking about stuff and you just listen Mm -hmm. to us talk and if you like it and you don't know what the chaser is, then you can look it up. The chaser is – oh, yeah, he's this guy. That seems to be neat. I think that's more than enough. Okay, great. Uh, Lisa finishes. (laughs) Now the issue has been raised. I should feel. I feel I should support my fellow Queenslander and say hashtag. I stand with Mike. Uh, Will. P.S. Will. If you if you go to Cairns, I live in Brisbane. 
if you can, you should go to Cairns. I live in Brisbane, but I love Cairns. You've never been to Cairns? I'd like lo- no. I mean, I just I assume that's for shows, probably. Oh, I'm, right, I'm right. guessing. So I've done Townsville, and I am actually going to Airly Beach, which is not Cairns at all, but uh, up uh, that way later in the year, I'll be at the Airly Beach Hotel. And I actually, while we're just talking about this, I'll plug um, the fact that I have shows coming up in Glenelg at the Glenelg uh, Winter Arts Festival. I'm in, in Wyong at the Art House in Wyong, and uh, maybe uh, at the, I may I've either just done the Sutherland show. Um, gig or it is this weekend when you're listening to this it'll be one or the other and so it's either happened or it's about to happen uh, and I want to plug our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash TOFOP. Uh, every couple of weeks, we put bonus episodes up there. You also get full ad-free episodes of every show on the TOFOP network, plus full videos of this podcast, TOFOP, plus lots of other great bonus content. I had a uh, great chat with Foz the other day. And he said, you realize I'm a full-time employee of yours? And I'm like, what do you mean? So you guys are doing so many pods now. Like, we're it. He's a single-man cottage industry, Tofop Productions. That's it. Well, I hope he's fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Charlie Clawson. I will have this. (laughs) Sorry, Matt Hayden. Say that you were crap, apologize, saying you could never bat. Sorry, Matt Hayden, you are for real. You've got centuries with some giant hits, all much better than a Michael Kaskovitz. Matthew Hayden, he's got it going on. Sexy shape, haircut, forearms are oh so strong. There's no way You're in the green baggy, Matty, forever. Forever, forever, ever, ever, ever. Listener.